Are you an enthusiastic wine drinker but sweat uncontrollably over a restaurant list from Albarino to Zweigelt? Set aside your fears, relax, and start enjoying wine without worry. Here's your host, Jameson Fink. Normally when it rains in Seattle, it's a nice mist. It's a very uh, atmospheric thing that I enjoy. I actually don't own an umbrella, but today was a a day unlike any other. I just got off the number 10 bus downtown for a uh, brief stroll to Purple Wine Bar here in downtown Seattle. Uh, Thanks to Purple for uh, letting us record this show here today. And um, it's like a torrential Midwestern-style downpour, thunder and lightning, things I'm just uh, not used to. So a little out of sorts here, but I'm going to pull it together uh, because my guest today is Jose Lavaglio. He is a winemaker at Dominio del Plata in Argentina, and we're going to explore Argentinian wine today. Um, So, Jose, my first question, first of all, thank you for being on the show. My first question for you is, um, when I first started drinking Malbec, probably, you know, 20 years ago, just, it was just a revelation, just juicy, fresh, good weight to it, uh, price was great, and it just was a house on fire everywhere, and I'm wondering if you can talk about what is the state of Malbec in Argentina today, like we had this incredible amount of growth, and um, I just want to know, it's, you know, 2015, what's, what's the state of Malbec in Argentina? Okay, uh, hi, um, Jameson, uh, thank you for, um, for hosting me, it's an honor to, to be here talking to you. Uh, so for the state of uh, Malbec, I think uh, w- we've come a, l- a long way uh, ever since Malbec got introduced as a ca- category in in markets like the U.S. market. Um, in the beginning, uh, it was heavily based on blends. Um, Malbec is produced very widely in Argentina in many different places and. Uh, Nowadays we are we've come a long way now we have a presence in in every major wine drinking market in the world and I think it's very interesting because now we are focusing on the regional characteristics that Malbec can have uh, we're more and more producing wines that are uh, highlighting the sub regions where uh, Malbec can be planted and this is a very flexible grape. It, it has a lot of versatility and it offers very different things. But before, uh, there wasn't an interest on the, on the different um, nuisances of, uh, of Malbec. Right. I mean, pe- people are starting to... I think that the challenge for Argentina is to realize that um, there's not just one style or one kind of Malbec. And um, where I know Malbec from is, is Men- Mendoza is the most famous place for Malbec. But you're in the... Uh, are you in the I'm like, let's see if I can say this correctly. Uh, Luján de Cuyo? Yes. Uh, is that how, how, how should I say it? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, it's, called, it's called Luján de Cuyo. You said it much better than I. <laughs> and uh, and yes, indeed. Uh, even within Luján de Cuyo, we have uh, where our winery is focused in the region of Agrelo. This is a, a heavily clay-based uh, type of soil, and Malbecs from this region give a very different pro- product than, for example, the region of uh, Uco Valley, that is also within Luján but further south. And these are more Andean wines. They're soil-based, uh, right at the foothill of the Andes, with very different uh, soil and temperature conditions. So, as a consequence, we get a completely different product. 
And let's back up a bit because I, I'm not even sure if a lot of people. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be in Mendoza once, so I have a. I, I kind of know where it is. But um, so if my plane lands in Buenos Aires. Um, how close am I to uh, Mendoza? Where is it in relation to uh, Buenos Aires? So Mendoza is to the west of Buenos Aires. It's in the center of the country, but right next to Chile is is actually um, uh, right uh, crossed from north to south by the Andes and the whole Andes mountain range uh, system which uh, offers a lot of sites of very different elevations to, to grow grapes from. And um, while uh, you know, Malbec is, is definitely Argentina's signature grape, um, I'm a big white wine fan and um, what I guess, I, guess I, I think it would be fair to say the signature white wine grape or the, the best well-known is Tarantes and uh, I'm going to take a little sip of Tarantes right now. Um, And it's, uh, it's such an aromatic grape. It's really uh, fresh and floral and fun to drink. One of the things, though, um, sometimes um, I feel like uh, that quality of it goes, like, too far, where it can get kind of, like, perfumey. And uh, I like a little dab of wine perfume, but just too, too like, maybe almost, like, soapy or perfumey. So uh, what is the key to making um, good Tarantes? <laughs> so uh, th that's a very good point you bring up about uh, Torrontes. Torrontes is actually a very challenging grape to, to make in a style that achieves balance. For us, the definition of balance in Torrontes is to make a wine that is not, as you said, overly floral to the point that it gets even soapy or, or the, the aromatic intensity is so much that it looks for, as if it was a perfume. Uh, Torrontes, in, when you grow it at higher elevation sites, you will get uh, a profile that it's much more citric, much in the sense as you uh, as a Sauvignon Blanc. Yes, yes. So the idea for us is to create a style that is in between that uh, citric character, while always keeping uh, a little bit of that uh, floral characters. To do that, in the case of uh, Crios Torrontes, which is what you are tasting right now. We and thank you for mentioning it. I should mention the vintage. It's the 2014 uh, Crios Torrantes. Yes. Um, so this, this wine is actually uh, a blending of two different sites. One is in the south, a place called Altamira. And the other one is in the north, a place called uh, Cafazate. And these two sites give the, the, the opposite characters. The place in Altamira is, um, gives the citric side of uh, Torrantes and the place in Salta gives the very floral character of Torrontes. So what we do is blend them both and uh, find a happy middle between, in order to achieve a little bit of everything while man maintaining the tension, the acidity, and, uh, and the good uh, palate, the good volume. And then there's, um, uh, I I've drank a lot of Torrontes, it's a really, uh you know, pleasurable, fresh, usually uh, stainless steel wine. And um, so I was intrigued when I got to try the uh, Susanna Balbo uh, barrel fermented Tarantes, and that was something new. Um, can you talk about um, why, why barrel, fen barrel ferment Tarantes? <laughs> yeah, so this, uh, this started as, a, as, a in, as an inner project within the winery. Uh, we've been experimenting with uh, with the concept of making uh, making Torontes in a in a form that it's a little more gastronomic right. 
uh, trying to achieve uh, 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 more more density uh, so that the it's more food friendly um, so in order to do that we've experimented just fermenting with um, in, in, in fr new French oak but beforehand we do a, a, a very brief wash of the of the barrel with a neutral white and then we transfer the the Torontes into the barrel. So does that washing keep it from the oak characteristic from becoming too dominant? Is that the technique? Yes, exactly. So uh, that's uh, an important part of the process that goes into making this uh, wine. And also the toasting level of the barrel is very mild. So in that sense, we ferment in the barrel and we only keep it for two to three months. And we're constantly tasting after the first month, after fermentation has finished, to to get the the, the, the mouthfeel, get the palate, but not get uh, too much aromatics from the oak. Yeah, it's a nice balance between those those fresh floral characters of Torontes, but with that richness. And I think when you say, uh, you talk about gastronomy, and here being in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, this would be great wine for uh, our salmon or halibut, or uh, I think it can hold up to, you know, sort of stronger flavored seafood, and maybe even, um, you know, I'm sure it'd be great with chicken or even, uh, you know, like pork loin or pork chop, maybe, you know, throw in a few uh, apples since we're in the Pacific Northwest there. So that's uh, very cool. It's, it's a really intriguing wine. It's really delicious, and it's, uh, like I said, it's something I've never seen, and uh, I really enjoy it. And now let's move on to uh, let's move on to Malbec. I mean, this is uh, this is the signature grape of Argentina, and I have the 2014 uh, Crios Malbec. I'm just going to take a little sip here. Uh, that's good. And if you're wondering why I'm not spitting, it's because it just sounds a little gauche uh, on the podcast. So uh, normally I'd be spitting as I'm a professional, but I'm taking some judicious sips for the for the benefit of everyone, benefit of you. Um, uh, let's talk about um, Creo Smallbec. Um, what what's the what is the style of the Smallbec? What are you trying to achieve w when you, with this wine? So uh, for us, Creo Smallbec is our entry level Malbec. So it's it's the the beginning of our portfolio. We have three different Malbecs as pure varietals, and then we have um, two more blends that that involve uh, Malbec as the main character. So. For us, it's a very important uh, variety, and what we wanted to achieve in Creos Malbec is to have a, a wine that, in style, is uh, is very um, very expressive. It really brings the primary characters of the that the varietal can offer, and do it in a, in a level of extraction that is medium, so and with very well ripened tannins, so that uh, the the person that is uh, that likes that softness of Malbec, that velvet tannin character that Malbec has, can find that in, in, in our wine. Yeah. And this is a really, I mean, this is a 2014 vintage, so, um, I mean, this is a wine that you make to uh, you know, enjoy now while it's, while, it's, while it's at its freshest, is that correct? Yes, exactly. This is a wine to be enjoyed uh, fresh, young. It is a, it is a wine that is the, the gateway point to the world of Malbec. Uh, this comes from a region called Agrelo, and uh, this is a region that gives this very velvety, very soft uh, tanning characters. So we, we like to preserve that into the, the, the Creos Malbec, within the, the Creos Malbec uh, brand, um, 
to, to offer that experience to our, to our customers, to our right. fan base. And then we're going to uh, step up a little bit, and so uh, in f as far as Malbec. So this is the uh, Susanna Balbo uh, Malbec. What's the vintage on this? So this is Susanna Balbo uh, Malbec Vintage 2012. Okay, I'm going to give this a quick sip. Yeah, it's definitely a more, uh, well, not, not that the other one is not serious, but it's got more structure, more length, and more depth to it. it it's, uh, well, it's just more of a, maybe a little bit more elegance rather than that, that it's still very fresh, of course, but it's, uh, it's more of a, uh, a very, it's a very elegant expression of Malbec. So, um, so how, so I, I've sort of like, uh, uh, obviously hinted at that, but, but I'd like to hear in your words how, how this is different from the Creos. Yeah, so... So this is our Susana Malbo Malbec. This comes from a very different site. It is um, at the southern site called uh, uh, Altamira. And this is a site that the soil profile and the, and the climate is very, dif very, very different. These are uh, soils that are at a higher elevation and they have much more drainage. So the vines are, are, have a, a little less vigor smaller berries uh, so in in consequence you have a, a must that has a lot more concentration and what we do is we tame that in the winery through uh, different techniques like uh, batonnage and delastage and with these techniques we are able to to get the this cassis uh, violet characters in the we're able to achieve that bouquet or extract that bouquet and um, and this wine ends up uh, having uh, much more structure this is a wine that goes very well with uh, with dishes like uh, like roasted meats um, you know uh, or poultry as well but uh, with good thick sauces it is a it is a wine that cuts through the the fat it has very nice and, and present tannins uh, so it is. It is a very pretty uh, exponent to be um, as being almost a pure Malbec. In general, we we like to blend this and keep it 90-10 blend. Mm -hmm. The 10% would be a Cabernet Sauvignon to support a little of the structure as well. Uh, but this is a more uh, a wine more oriented to the to the restaurant for for a restaurant. Right, have a steak. Yes, to have a steak, and yeah. <laughs> you can have a burger too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, we focused on uh, Tarantes and, and Malbec, which is actually my choice. But um, just for people out there who are like, maybe this is the, how they know Argentina just by these two grapes. What other grapes are you working with that you think people should really know about that are, are making really fantastic wines, so people can break out of their rut? So, the reality is that Argentina offers a world of possibility. There are many very interesting varietals that are being uh, explored. Uh, one of the main ones trending a lot uh, within the, the winemaker community in Argentina is uh, Cabernet Franc. Oh, interesting. Yes, uh, Cabernet Franc is being planted more and more in, in these high elevation sites to the west of, of all the Mendoza growing regions. So we are discovering uh, some very interesting characters within that variety. And also uh, a variety that is very Argentine uh, is uh, Bonarda. Oh yes. Bonarda is uh, is a great variety that also offers a lot of 
very different uh, bouquets depending on where it is planted. So this, that is also a variety to, to watch for as well. I forgot about Bonarda because I, it seems like when I, I started drinking wines, red wines from Argentina a couple decades ago, it was always blended. And then it seems now people are like, hey, um, this can make a good wine on its own. Are you seeing uh, more of an interest in, in just Bonarda by itself rather than a blend? Yes, I think um, the Bonarda is, is the, sh the focus and the way it's been uh, perceived by winemakers in Argentina has changed. Um, Bonarda is now being con taken seriously as a, as a high-end, uh, as a variety that has the potential to produce higher-end wines. So it's being planted in, in higher elevation vineyards. This is a, a grape that can hang a lot of fruit. Uh, and whereas before it was used for bulk wines and for, for doing these uh, really mild blends, now it's being explored as a, as a, as a variety that can grow in, in, in the foothills of the Andes and that can give a characters that are similar to Malbec but that have an identity on its own. And to learn more about the wines, go to SusannaBalboWines.com, that's S-U-S-A-N-A-B-A-L-B-O, Wines, W-I-N-E-S, dot com, dot A-R. Check it out, and I'll put that on my website as well. Um, Jose, thanks for being on the show. I think what you've demonstrated is that uh, people know Malbec and they know Tarantes, but there's also different places where it's being grown that add different characteristics, and it's distinct and not uh, monolithic. And also, hey, uh, you can break out of your little Argentinian uh, routine and check out Bonarda, look for Cabernet Franc, uh, also great blends too. So, um, Jose, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Jameson. And, and really, the message is that what you see in the next five years is um, more and more development of the sub-regions within uh, Mendoza and within uh, Argentina, which is very interesting. Uh, we consider that the variety has a lot to give and uh, you will get to see that in, in bottle form soon. Well, stay tuned for that and uh, explore Mendoza and the world of Argentine wine uh, outside of Mendoza, too. Just explore the whole country and go there. It's a beautiful place to visit. Um, Buenos Aires is one of my favorite cities in the world, and, and Mendoza is a very cool environment to, uh, to visit. So uh, thanks again, Jose. Thank you, Jameson. You're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jameson Fink. 